Thank you for joining me today. It is Wednesday, March 22nd, and this is As It Is Written News, AIIW News, and I am so happy to be here, uh, being able to bring you the news of the day, and uh, today is going to be an interesting day for sure. We have some good stories lined up. All right, so today we are going to get started with a record storm in San Francisco and all over here in California. Uh, so we'll, we'll read that. This is from Bloomberg. And uh, a, a historic storm that rattled San Francisco with hurricane force gusts is winding down, leaving behind the threat of flooded streets and highways across the Bay Area. Showers will continue along the California coast from San Francisco to San Diego through the day as the system moves inland, said Ashton Robinson Cook, a meteorologist with the U.S. Weather Prediction Center. Skies should be clear by Thursday. The center of the storm itself is still near San Francisco, though has considerably weakened, he said. The worst impacts of rain and wind have shifted into Arizona, and the storm will drift east into Nevada through the day, leaving behind lingering showers. A flood advisory is in effect in the Bay Area throughout the morning, the National Weather Service's local office said on Twitter. So this storm has been majorly affecting me. Uh, I'm down here in Orange County, California. That's just north of San Diego. And boy, was it coming down good last night. We even had a little bit of thunder and lightning. Um, that certainly was interesting. I, I love the rain personally never had much of a negative impact on my life, at least not yet, thank God, but that can't be said for everyone, and so we definitely need to be praying for those who are affected by this sort of thing. It's horrible, and uh, you know, I'm sorry anybody has to go through weather like this, but that's just the way that it goes. So, our uh, Bible verse that will correspond to this news story is going to be Psalm 46. 1 through 3, and it says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling, Selah. And so, what we see in Psalm here is that we should Definitely do what we need to to take care of ourselves and protect ourselves from these sorts of events, but ultimately God will protect us and will keep us. And while we may even lose our life here on this earth, uh, we will be with him in eternity, for eternity, uh, if you have faith in Jesus Christ's saving grace. So uh, I just pray that everybody watching this is a Christian and that you come to a knowledge and understanding of who Jesus Christ is. Uh, he's my savior. Uh, I've, he's my king, and I'm so very happy about that. And he gives me a lot of hope uh, in times of trouble, like horrible weather. So I uh, pray that you have that same kind of peace in your life as well. Uh, we're also going to play a little song right here that I think has is a good listen. Hey, hey, 
That's just enough of that song, and I really appreciate the work and the effort that poor Bishop Hooper went into and did to make a song for every one of the psalms over the course of about three years. It was a big project that they undertook, and I really appreciate it. It helped me to memorize quite a few uh, psalms that I never would have any other way. Uh, it was very much easier to memorize listening to that. So I highly recommend that you check them out, give them a listen, and add them to your uh, listening rotation. Uh, so yes, we need to absolutely be aware of horrible uh, weather events like this that take place, um, but we need to know that God ultimately is in control and will be there to uh, take us and shepherd us into eternity to be with him at the very worst. That's the worst. It's the worst case scenario. All right. So we're going to move on to our next story again about the FBI. I really don't like them. They're a very corrupt, horrible, vile, evil, evil organization run by absolutely vile and evil people. Uh, so we see that the FBI raided a notable journalist's home and Rolling Stone didn't tell readers why. So we have this story right here. Uh, this is Rolling Stone editor-in-chief Noah 
Sactman, I believe. Uh, and uh, we have the journalist James Gordon Meek. Uh, so. All right, last October 18th, Rolling Stone served up a foreboding scoop. The FBI had raided the home of a renowned journalist at the top of his game months earlier, and he had disappeared from public view. It should have been a coup. Instead, acrimony inside the newsroom over how that scoop was edited led to accusations that the magazine's brash leader pulled punches in overseeing coverage of someone he knew. The reporter, sorry, who wrote the story, Enraged, accepted a position at a sister publication two months later, and her complaints prompted a senior attorney for the magazine's parent company to review what happened. FBI raids on journalists are rare. News organizations often respond with formal protests and legal challenges. Under a 2021 Justice Department policy, raids, subpoenas, and other compulsory means of, of obtaining materials from reporters are banned for any investigation of matters related to their journalism. The policy became the basis of a significant shift in the stance of the Justice Department toward the press. The Rolling Stone story created a stir. Reporter Tatiana Siegel stated that the April 22 raid was quite possibly the first carried out by the Biden administration on a journalist. In this case, the journalist was ABC News national security producer James Gordon Meek, a former investigator at the U.S. House Homeland Security Committee. Meek had been with ABC News since 2013. He also was a producer of 3212 Unredacted, an investigative documentary that streamed on Hulu. As published, the Rolling Stones article, first two paragraphs lionized Meek's record and swashbuckling style. Meek appeared to be on the wrong side of the national security apparatus, it stated. As the story noted, Siegel's sources told her federal agents allegedly found classified information on Meek's laptop during their raid. Siegel reported that Meek left his job at ABC after the raid. A publishing contract with Simon & Schuster evaporated. As edited by Rolling Stone editor-in-chief Noah Sackman, however, the article admitted a key fact that Siegel initially in intended to include. Siegel had learned from her sources that Meek had been raided as part of a federal investigation into images of child sex abuse, something not publicly revealed until last month. Why did Rolling Stone suggest Meek was targeted for his coverage of national security rather than something unrelated to his journalism? Neither Siegel nor Sackman would com comment for this story. This article is based on a review of some contemporaneous communications and also interviews with 10 people with knowledge of in incidents described here, including several individuals at Rolling Stone, as well as people at ABC and federal law enforcement agencies. Each asked not to be named because they were not authorized to disclose these matters publicly. So, this is a very interesting story, and it's very convoluted, and I do not trust the FBI. They are a horribly evil, corrupt organization, and they absolutely would plant this evidence on this journalist's uh, laptops or whatever items they could, if they could, okay? I'm not sure what he did, if he was involved in this. If the journalist was involved in anything to do with child sex abuse, he needs to rot in jail or be hung. Or actually, he should be hung if he had anything to do with child sex abuse. So I, don't, I take that very, very seriously. But what I don't take seriously are FBI investigations, because the FBI is a corrupt organization and should only ever be discussed as such. So 
the fact that the FBI is raiding this this person's home. There there wasn't any kind of uh, press release. They didn't do anything to explain what was going on. They just did it basically under the cover of darkness. And they claim that it's because of this uh, uh, child sex images or, or something horrible like that, which, again, if he is involved in any of that, he should be tried and, and prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. And I think that should include hanging, but unfortunately it doesn't in our country. Um, but what the FBI certainly does constantly is they harass people. They come up with fake nonsense and plant things on people's devices when they go and they cross them. So this journalist seems to have been doing some work into classified materials, something uh, going on there. I'm not sure. He probably wasn't terribly friendly with the FBI. And I think that there is a very, very, very good chance that this is the FBI targeting him because of his work and because he was doing something that was exposing something they didn't want to be exposed. Okay. Unfortunately, the FBI is not credible in any way, shape or form. They have absolutely no, nothing to stand on when they make accusations like that. And it is very easy for them to plant things on people's devices after the fact, especially because they are the ones in charge of doing the forensic audits, audits that would prove whether or not those images were on the computer before or after the raid. So they're in charge of the entire process. They have the ability to absolutely plant evidence, especially digital, on people's devices uh, and then wrap them up in legal investigations due to that. That's what they've done in the past, and they'll continue doing it for as long as they exist. The FBI needs to be shut down. And again, they could, they could have actually found a child predator. But the fact is that they're so horribly corrupt and evil and vile that I can't trust that. And especially when you're going after a journalist like this, someone who's actually going against national security interests, which may not be in your interest, and you're the real ruler of this country, as I said the other day, okay? So they're going against the interests of the people of the United States and are protecting their cronies in uh, different areas of the federal government. That's what they do on a consistent basis. Okay, they harass people like Martin Luther King Jr., uh, Malcolm X, all sorts of people throughout their entire history they have harassed. They even harass presidents. Okay, and so we, we need to understand that and we need to treat them as such. They are a horribly evil, vile, corrupt organization and need to be shut down completely. We need to turn their offices into a museum to their malfeasance and every single corrupt, evil thing they've ever done. I, I can't state, I cannot overstate how much I dislike the FBI and what they have done to this country. They have absolutely corrupted and disrupted the normal functioning of this country and have caused so much harm to very many good people. And it's, a, it's an absolute shame and a travesty and every single agent at the FBI should be tried and prosecuted for whatever involvement that they have in any kind of bribing, any kind of blackmailing, any kind of uh, malicious use of law enforcement, okay? You absolutely can use law enforcement maliciously, and they do consistently, especially since 2001 when the FBI changed over from an organization that was supposed to come in after the fact and find people who committed crimes to now being a, an intelligence service looking for people to wrap up in what is essentially pre-crime.
okay? So we need to be aware of what the FBI is, how evil and horrible and vile they are, and we should, we should just live our lives with that knowledge. All right, so we're going to... The Bible verse that I have for this is... Uh, it start, it's from... Uh, oh, I didn't put the... Sorry, I didn't put the... Uh, there we go. Micah 3.11. And it says... Her heads judge for a bribe, her priests teach for pay, and her prophets divine for money. Yet they lean on the Lord and say, Is not the Lord among us? No harm can come upon us. And I think that's a perfect description of the FBI right now. They absolutely judge for a bribe. They're basically the judges because whatever they say gets put into court as if it was the gospel truth. And so they, if they decide that someone's committed a crime, they're going to figure out how to make sure that they committed a crime. And that's just where we're at with the FBI. They're evil and corrupt and need to be completely defunded. And every agent needs to be prosecuted. And we need to figure out if they were complicit in any kind of illegal raids, any kind of illegal harassment, any kind of illegal anything where they, they did anything to an American citizen that is beyond the, the scope of reasonable uh, you know, law enforcement. Yeah. So that's, that's what I think. And uh, I, I hope that we get to a point where they no longer exist. All right, we're moving right along. We're going to move on to our third story. Uh, this has to do with the banking crisis and the Fed, and it's from Bloomberg again. And it says, Fed caught between inflation and bank crisis. So there's two completely different things that are happening in our economy. One, we have rampant inflation from all of the money that has been injected into our um that has been injected into our economy uh, over the course of the pandemic, the trillions of dollars that we printed, uh, that causes rampant inflation. Uh, it's been at points over 10%, which is just crazy. Um, I, when I looked it up, I was born back in 1989. Uh, if you had taken $1 buying power in 1989 is worth $2.50 of uh, buying power today. So your dollar back in 1989 was 2.5 times more valuable than today. And so that's the effects of inflation over the course of about 33 years uh, in our country. And uh, so there, there's that going on. But then we also have um, a banking crisis that's going on. And the only way to fix a banking crisis is, is to inject more money into the system. So we'll read the story here. All eyes in the financial and economic world will be laser focused Wednesday on the Federal Reserve Chair, Federal Reserve, as Chair Jerome Powell tries to balance his his fight against inflation against a sudden banking crisis. Uh, Powell and his colleagues began their meeting Tuesday with the outcome unusually unclear. While most economists expect a quarter point interest rate hike, some say policymakers should pause to shore up financial stability. This tension is leading to existential angst, said Derek Tang, an economist at L.H. Meyer Monetary Policy Analysts Analytics in Washington. Have they gone too far or not far enough? Both could be true at the same time. 
Another important element of this week's meeting, policymakers are set to issue updated rate projections for the first time since December, offering, a cru offering crucial guidance on whether they still expect any additional hikes this year. The decision and forecasts will be, re will be released at 2 p.m. in Washington, so that was actually right at the start of the show. Powell will hold a press conference 30 minutes later, so that'll start in about five minutes. Market odds. As of Wednesday morning, markets were pricing in about 84% odds that the Fed will raise rates by a quarter point to a range of 4.75% to 5%, the highest since 2007, on the eve of the global financial crisis. And so basically what this means is that the Fed is going to raise the interest rate that they charge banks to take out loans from 4.5 from about 4.5% to about 4.75% or yeah, 4.75% to 5%. And what that means is that it makes money more expensive to borrow. So for years, almost a decade or maybe even more, since the 2008 financial crisis, the Federal Reserve kept the uh, kept the interest rate at zero percent, so banks could go get free money from the Fed, and then they could go and loan that out to you for a slightly higher interest rate. And so that was good for you if you wanted to go buy a house, you could get a really cheap loan. Uh, all of that kind of stuff was very nice for us as a country in certain ways, but it leads to different problems. And so right now, in order to curb inflation, what needs to happen is you need to raise the interest rates to get rid of some of the money in the system. And so the only way to, to decrease the inflation that we're seeing is to take money out. And that is, and the way the Fed can do that is through interest rates. And so, uh, but the problem there is that that causes the economy to weaken. And so that can, that is actually what caused the banking crisis with uh, Silicon Valley Bank, um, it got more expensive to borrow for them to borrow the money that they had than what they were getting back on the uh, the treasury notes that they had borrowed. Um, and so that's what ultimately led Silicon Valley Bank to go under. Uh, and then that contagion spread to other banks. And we've now had a huge and horrible catastrophe. Uh, and so this is a very crucial moment for the Fed. We'll have to see what they decided to do. And yeah, we'll have to keep our eyes open for that. Uh, it's very disturbing what's going on with our economy and, and something we all need to be worried about and care about. Uh, but here is our uh, what we should be praying for, for our leaders at the Fed. Well, I guess they're not our leaders, for our representatives at the Fed. Uh, and in Daniel 2.21, it says, And he changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. And so we need to be praying that those in charge of the Fed have knowledge and wisdom and understanding to, lead, to create a, uh, uh, an environment for us to be able to prosper as a nation. So I, I think that it's very important that we pray for our leaders. I, I don't like President Biden. I, I think that he's a, a very evil man for his support of abortion specifically, but a, a number of other things as well. But we definitely need to be praying for him, that he has the wisdom and knowledge that he needs to uh, guide the country in the directions that we want it to go and the direction that God wants it to go as well.
So I, uh, I just, we need to be praying for Biden and for all of our representatives in Congress and, and throughout the entire country that they have wisdom to, uh, take the country in the direction that it needs to go. And we have our final story. It has to do with the sun and astronomy. And I love astronomy. One of my passions. And the, he- and the headline is, the sun is getting more active than it has for a decade, and it could lead to power outages, grounded flights, and stunning auroras. All right, so what uh, we see here is a picture of the sun, uh, the bright light of a solar flare on the left side of the sun in an image taken in June 2013. So over here on the left side, um, you'll see a, an ejection of plasma from the surface of the sun, and that is called a solar flare, and that releases a ton of energy. And so in addition to the plasma that is ejected from the sun and then most likely comes back and, and falls back down to the surface, uh, in addition to that, there is a ton of uh, radiation that is ejected as well. And so if that were to be directed at Earth, that can cause a ton of problems. Um, Fortunately, we have a protective, uh, what is called a magnetosphere around the Earth. So at the core of the Earth, we have a liquid metal core. um, And uh, and, uh, what that does is it spins and creates a dynamo effect. And so this dynamo effect creates a magnetic sphere around the Earth that's called the magnetosphere. And this magnetosphere, what it does is it protects the Earth from the harmful rays of the sun. Uh, And so we don't have anything to worry about from a biological perspective, but if we have a solar flare that directly hits our planet, um, what can happen is it can actually light our electronics on fire. There's so much energy from the sun that's deposited on the electronics that it can actually cause things to burst into flame. The last time that one directly hit us was back uh, when telegraph was the prevailing technology, and it did end up causing telegraph lines to light on fire and caused a number of issues uh, for them then Today, with our reliance on electronics and satellites and everything else, it would be significantly worse if that were to happen again. Uh, So it's something that we do need to be a little bit concerned about. But on the other hand, this is a normal cycle that the sun goes through. So uh, our sun goes through basically a 22-year cycle. It's 11 years uh, building up and then 11 years kind of cooling off. And uh, so that's its cycle that it goes through. It's completely normal. In the past, in the last few decades, we've gone through some cycles where it is very, very, very inactive. So there were times where there were no sunspots on the surface of the sun, which means that the sun is not very, uh, very active and in a very uh, calm state. Uh, So for a long time, it's been very calm. Uh, It does seem like it is starting to ramp up again and to be a little bit more of an issue. So we'll read some more of the article. The sun is entering a period of peak activity that will last several years, an expert said. 
This means the sun will produce more solar flares, powerful bursts of energy, and solar flares can disrupt radio communications and electric power grids on Earth. Yeah, disrupt is a uh, light word. <laughs> um, and then we'll read the article. The sun is waking up after almost a decade of relative calm, scientists say, and that could cause problems on Earth. As more sunspots appear on the surface of our star during its active period, it may prompt more solar storms, creating bursts of electromagnetic energy that can affect everything from the power grid to GPS signals. These so-called solar maximums occur roughly 11, every 11 years, and they haven't been much of a problem in the past. Scientists, however, fear that our reliance on electricity and interconnectivity could mean we're far more vulnerable to their effects this time around. So just another picture of the sun um, with a sunspot formation in this image. Um, and, and here's a little description of what the sun is. It's a big ball of plasma. So the sun is made up of about, uh, it's like 99% hydrogen. And what happens is at the center of the sun, it is so dense. There's so much gravity pushing in on the sun that it fuses hydrogen into helium. So hydrogen has uh, one proton and one electron, and it gets fused into helium, which has two protons. And so in that process, it's even more violent than nuclear fission, where we rip apart big atoms. Okay, so a uranium atom has hundreds of uh, protons in it, and we rip those protons apart, and that releases a ton of energy. That's what caused the explosions uh, over Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Um, and though, you know, we know how big those were. Now, nuclear fusion is even more powerful than that, by orders of magnitude more powerful. And so uh, the nuclear fusion that's happening at the center of the sun um, is what gives us the light that we have here on Earth, ultimately. Uh, and so, yeah, so that's why it's called a plasma. It's a special state of matter. Um, so there's at least four states of matter, solid, liquid, gas, and plasma. And so plasma is a really weird, funky state of matter that you've never experienced here on Earth unless you're a, a welder. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so you can... Uh, so the sun has a ton of magnetic poles. Each one of the uh, lines here is a magnetic pole. Uh, so the sun has thousands of them. The earth only has uh, two, the north and the south. Um, but the sun has thousands of them and is a quite complex, uh, uh, you know, quite complex structure of magnetic fields. And so different places... Uh, where the where sunspots are, are are actually places where it's more active. All right, so it's not something that we need to run and hide and fear of, but we definitely need to be aware of what is going on, and we should be doing what we can to, uh, you know, make sure that we we know what's going on and and you know pray for uh, for God to to keep us safe. Um. And so here we're going to read a passage from Revelation 16, verses 8 through 9. And it says, Then the fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun, and power was given to him to scorch men with fire. And men were scorched with great heat, and they blasphemed the name of God who has power over these plagues, and they did not repent and give him glory. And so 
this may not be the cycle that this passage is talking about. This passage might not be, might not happen for another thousand years, or it could be that it's starting to, to uh, heat up and happen in the next seven years. It, who knows? Um, so yeah, I highly, highly recommend that we, we pray uh, to God that he doesn't allow this to happen to us just yet. We, we want more people to be saved. And uh, yeah, so that's what we have for today for AIIW News. I appreciate you all joining me, whoever has joined, and I, uh, I hope that you uh, who are listening uh, to the podcast later, I hope that it uh, finds you well. All right. Goodbye. <laughs>